This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Butch Zimar. I'm a healthcare reform specialist and author. We're going to talk about how health insurance for small businesses and some of the challenges that are, uh, they go through and how they could solve some of those problems uh, going forward. Health insurance can be a job lock for some, and with that job lock, employers control the healthcare. You have less choices, so to speak. Yeah, you can't pick like if you want an HSA plan and it's not available. Uh, employer is not just going to provide it to you just because you want it or if you want an HMO to cut costs or if you want the employer to contribute more dollars. You don't have much control over that. Employers used to make things uh, very affordable. Back in the day, health insurance was really more of a reimbursement program from your employer. And today that's kind of shifted gears. And then, of course, uh, if you are the employer, it's not affordable for you to obtain the insurance for your employees. And obviously, employers originally made it easy in the beginning. Uh, as time goes on, especially in t- today's climates, it's getting harder and harder to hold on to some of those benefits and, and keeping the costs under control. So what we're trying to do is break free. You know, some, some people you know, are looking to jump out, become an entrepreneur. They're working for somebody else. But how do you obtain insurance? Or even you are self-employed and you don't know how to do it. Or you have small business and you're trying to figure out different different avenues to go by. So the first thing we, we have to separate is health insurance and health care. They're, they're two separate pieces to the puzzle. Insurance is for things that are sudden and expensive risks that you can't afford or ideally uh, you don't want to pay for in certain ways. And then health care is getting access to care. And one reason to separate is because you might have to take control of more of the cost. So just because you insurance is not tied to care in, in certain ways, like if you have a larger doctor and it's applied to your doctor or you're self-paying. So just because there's insurance there, it still feels like it's paying. So you need to figure out a way to just separate it in your mind that healthcare and, and insurance are separate. Another reason is maybe you need some alternative health measures that maybe are untraditional to health insurance and maybe they don't pay for that. And it might better your situation. So like in certain cases, certain types of therapy are not covered under a health insurance plan, but it may better your situation as time goes on. So healthcare is separate from the insurance. So you would sell pay, but it would improve your health. Uh, So, but you don't want to restrict your health because of insurance. So how do we break free from these handcuffs and and for these small business owners? One is definitely taking uh, more control of the cost. Uh, traditionally, uh, most people had a blind eye, so to speak, to what was covered and what was not covered. Today, that's changed. So change the what, right? And um, more and more responsibility being passed on you. Our general term of insurance, it's sudden expensive risks that we cannot inherit because it's financially unobtainable. So one example would, would be is your homeowner's insurance. Homeowner's insurance is designed if there was a catastrophic loss um, at your home that uh, would be above and beyond anything that you could afford. So if a national disaster came through and wiped out your house, you wouldn't have to be on the hook for several hundred thousand dollars or more 
to help replace that home. So we outsource it to an insurance company, but we're asking, we're not asking the insurance company to cover little maintenance things such as the AC unit or power washing your siding, uh, resealing the driveway. Those are all self paid items to maintain the home. But somehow we got away from that on the health insurance and so is the premiums. So we demand access and have somebody else pay for all these extra benefits and health insurance that we don't demand on other insurance products. Um, and so homeowner's insurance was just an example. Auto insurance is another one. They don't pay for windshield wiper blades or tires or brake pads or oil changes. But somehow we demand that this stuff is to be covered. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be covered on healthcare. We're, we're in a situation where it's been covered for so many years. It's just more and more people are responsible for paying that first portion while you're meeting your deductible. So you need to have control of the cost by asking additional questions. It includes provider networks, provider access, who, do, who can I go to, and then who? what are the costs that are involved? Because for a test, depending on the quality of the test or what type of results you're looking for, it may not make any difference whatsoever where you go as long as it's a qualified professional that's doing the, um, the test or reading the results. And so you want to make sure that you're not overpaying on something. Um, and so you want to be able to be a smarter consumer, shop around. Most people have never heard shop healthcare, but it is definitely a concern that has to be brought up uh, more times than not these days. You may have to go to the facility down the street or in the next town to save uh, several hundred dollars or more. And of course, cash is king, right? And so cash uh, payments, uh, so upfront, not necessarily cash itself, but upfront payments could be negotiable. Uh, even a you make the claim and you get the explanation of benefits, you get the first invoice for the provider, you call them up and ask them if there's a prompt payment discount for this and that there's a good chance that there may be. Uh, or if you're at the time of service, you go up to the cashier or the some lady at the front desk and say, you know, what are my incentives to actually pay today instead of having you wait three, three to eight weeks before you get your money or longer in some cases. So cash is king, uh, bring it up so you can save money in the long run. The insurance company is going to give you credit uh, for payments. So uh, it's a win-win. It's just you're trying to save money on while you're meeting your deductible. So what are some health insurance options? So whether you're leaving your employer to go back on your own, self-employed, solopreneur, or you have a company you're trying to figure out, okay, I've been doing the same thing for so many years and I feel like I keep beating my head against the wall. What do I do next? Or what are my options? Because this is just killing me. So you could have a grandfather plan uh, and that, that could be acceptable for the time being. And uh, it may uh, make sense just to keep that. In a lot of cases it does when you start comparing what you're gonna lose by moving to the new affordable care plans or some of these other options it may make more sense just to stay where you're at. So on the traditional side, you have individual health health insurance plans. And so you will be able to pick a plan from like Blue Cross and you, you can maintain that coverage and you can get it through off exchange or on exchange. So what's this question about what's on exchange and what's off exchange? And so off exchange is basically directly to a company, insurance company like a Blue Cross or if in certain states there's be golden rule or Aetna or some of these other ones depending on the state it just depends on the carriers then you have 
on exchange. So most likely it's the same carriers um, on exchange. The only purpose in life that the on exchange, that's where the Obamacare plans come in. Some people think that they get discounting or save money on health plans. There's absolutely zero discounting going on in the health insurance marketplace. It's all based on a tax credit. So if you're familiar with earned income credit, it follows similar rules. The earned income credit is just related to health insurance. And the only purpose in life, the exchange business is there for, in a lot of states, um, they use the federal exchange, uh, is to receive an advanced premium tax credit to pay it down your premiums. That's where the discounting appearance uh, comes in. It is not discounted. It's a dollar for dollar tax credit based on your filing status and your income. And then not everybody qualifies, but it, um, that's what it's there for. If you do not qualify for the tax credit, my recommendation is always to stay off the exchange. They operate more or less like a third-party administrator. They could be a real pain in the butt to work with because they don't train their employees all that well. There could be turnover. It is trained by the government or funded by the government. So it's like dealing with the post office when you're trying to deal with your own health insurance plan. And that could be time-consuming and confusing because nobody speaks the same language and, and, and cause a lot of aggravations. That's one reason to work with an expert anyways. Somebody has been through it thousands of times. They understand what's going on both sides and they can pro uh, provide some light to the situation. A professional does not cost any money at this point in time. Uh, in most cases, we are compensated by the insurance company, uh, not by you directly whether it's on or off the exchange, and we could pay the same. There are some search situations where a fee uh, base might be at play, and uh, just make sure you do ask about it because uh, you don't want to be blindsided in the end because there are times where it is required to charge a fee, but I would say in most cases, 98% of the time, we're compensated by the insurance company. Then we have these things called Christian ministry plans or cost share or MediShare plans. And those are alternatives. The premiums are lower. Uh, they did comply with the tax law uh, that if you, if you didn't have health insurance, uh, you were going to get penalized. That tax penalty is reduced to zero by the current administration, so you don't have to worry about it. But you were one way around it was through the Christian ministry programs where the cost sharing comes in. A couple of things to point out. One is they are not insurance. They are not operating by insurance regulations. It is a review board that has a pool of money and they get a quasi discount because it's coming from a Christian program to make the payment. So there is no guarantee of payment whatsoever. It can be denied. I could personally vouch that I've never heard a story from anybody that their claim was ever denied, but I'm just saying that there is no rules or regulations in place that require them to make a payment just because you're making a premium payment. It can be denied for the betterment of the entire pool. So it is a concern that you could still be left with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bills because they're trying to protect the interests of the pool and not necessarily your claim. Now, having said that, there's been very minimum amount of stories that I've heard where, or not, uh, close to none, where they denied the claim. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, Forget it, nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, 
HR representative that wants to impress the boss. Give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zemar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zemar to work for you now. Another option is hospital plans, hospital-only plans. So outpatient services are barely covered. If anything, it's a lot at dollar amount by the insurance company, and the balance is paid by you, the policy holder. Uh, but it's not applied to your deductible. You pay out of pocket, and you're and you just it could be endless and just keep paying it. They have pre-existing clauses that will last for at least twelve months minimum. You know, in most cases. They do fit a need, uh, and there's a time and a place for these, but they do have holes. And so you have to be careful, have to read it. Uh, it does give you access to large PPO networks where the exchange plans do not. And so that's a concern with exchange plans, on and off exchanges, provider network access. This brings it back in the hospital plan, but you have limitations in there. And you may go to Ohio, Ohio for a treatment and find out that there's benefits that are limited because of, of the type of plan it is. Then you have short-term gap insurance. This was a strategy used by a lot of people so that you could buy a plan, it's cheaper, does not cover pre-existing conditions at all the whole time you're on it. Anything prior to the application is not covered, so you may not consider uh, high blood pressure or pre-existing condition or that minor surgery you had is no longer there, So, but those are all classified as pre-existing conditions, so those will not be covered. Prescription card is just the discount in most cases, and so you're going to be paying out of pocket with no coverage actually being paid, but they do provide um, their RX discount. And then everything else is applied to your deductible. There is no copays unless you pay extra. So there are some short-term medical plans that offer a copay option. You will pay additional money, and if you do the math on that, it will be cheaper to pay out of pocket at the time of claim versus having a copay, but to each their own on that. The problem is in, in some states, they reduced uh, the number of months you could actually do it. So prior to the current administration, uh, the Trump administration, that window was reduced to three months. You could only do a three-month policy. Some people got around, around it with an auto renewal at the end of three months, but your deductible was resetting each time. So it caused financial concern or financial devastation in some cases if it actually did occur. Uh, then the Trump administration extended it out to 12 months. Some states stepped in and said, absolutely not. We got to protect the Obamacare legacy. And so they reduced it. Um, in most cases, it's down to six months. Um, in the state of Illinois, it is six months for sure. And you cannot renew it. You have to move to another insurance company. Uh, so it is definitely a temporary gap insurance policy because if you're in the middle of treatment and you have to, that policy is expiring and you'll have to get into something new, it is not a qualifying event to go jump into an exchange plan just because coverage was ending. It's not a qualified plan. And two, even if you're able to switch, it will not cover anything that was uh, treated for prior to the application. So if you're still in the middle of therapy or other treatment, you could have some issues. Another option is small employer plans. This is a definitely a strategy that's been put in place for many years, but more so in the last three years, as little as one employee could be on the plan. Uh, in a lot of cases, participation 
is not an issue with small group companies when they're small enough. Uh, but uh, there is a small group open enrollment, which we'll get to um, in a moment. But uh, you could get similar plans to what's on the exchange or off the exchange for less money in most cases. The lever had switched. It used to be that individual health plans were lower than small groups. That has switched around or flipped, and uh, you could save money by going to a small group plan. There are some requirements that come into pl play, but there, uh, as long as you meet the checklist, you'll be fine. Association health plans. This was uh, an executive order by the current administration. Uh, these are still being um, reviewed. There are in some cases throughout the country that there's, you can do an association group if there's technicalities that didn't open up like the Trump administration wanted um, because it's being held up in court. And so there are states that dragged their feet and then when they got held up in court, they just put the whole thing on hold. So um, there are in some states that it's available, but not all. In fact, most states it doesn't. So let's talk about the small employer plan. It is less in premiums than the exchange plans. It has better coverage than the hospital plans. You don't have the worry of uh, a board denying a claim and the coverage not ending uh, because of a short-term basis. Um, there will be no tax credit applied. There is the shop exchange, or there was in certain states. The shop exchange was a small business ability shop for their employees. There were certain qualifications that went into it, and then you could get a credit from the government for providing health insurance, but there were so many requirements in there. Most business didn't, businesses did not qualify. In the state of Illinois, um, there is zero carriers operating in the shop exchange, so there, there's no way you could get it. You still get a tax deduction for the premiums you pay, so it's a deduction versus a credit, but when we compare similar plans to on and off exchange, uh, they are less premiums. You have the option to buy up. You have choices on exchange. You have very limited choices, whereas in a small group, it, uh, it opens up the portfolio. You could pick lower deductibles, lower out-of-pockets. You could pick bigger networks, smaller networks, small HMO, middle or broader HMO. Uh, there's so much flexibility. The premiums are fully tax uh, taxable through the business. If you do offer it through to your employees, you can reimburse through payroll, and uh, you do not have to wait until the national open enrollment to actually gain access to the plan. You can do this mid-year, and it's a good way to retain uh, employees. Employees are looking for healthcare. They need help. They need access to healthcare more affordable. In some cases, you may want to pay for it, You're, and, uh, but in certain situations throughout the year, you have to contribute some type of dollar according to administrative rules with the insurance company. But there is a small business open enrollment that waives that requirement and it happens once a year. And uh, you can get away with putting zero down as a contribution. You can bonus your employees later if you choose to, if you had a good year, but uh, there are different ways that you can move around it. So most corporations, you will need a payroll, uh, so you have to get a quarterly filing with the state because they don't think you're gonna lie about your taxes, but you may lie to your insurance company. So it has to be third-party employee, it cannot be your spouse in a lot of cases. So you have to figure out ways around it, and so they have to work at least 30 hours a week. It can be an adult child uh, or other family member that's not your spouse. So there are uh, siblings that they get LLCs and go out and try to shop real estate or some other acquisition. Uh, doesn't have to actually produce revenue or not proven revenue or 
proving that you're a legitimate corporation that's trying to file and operate as a legitimate corporation. They don't care what the revenue. A multi-member LLC is the only way we can get around the payroll situation in the husband and wife. You can actually have husband and wife as a multi-member LLC. It gets a little complicated how we put it um, put it together, but it, is, it will allow the check off on the box at the insurance company. So, but it has to be a legitimate corporation. You have to file the reports. You have to do the tax returns. They will ask for copies of everything that you uh, file or almost everything you file just to make sure it's real. They don't want beer brewing startups out of their mother's basement. So they want legitimate groups. Again, it does not have a requirement for revenue. You just have to do everything else correctly. Uh, try to operate as a business in the state that you live in. Qualifying groups can be as little as one, but um, you still need to be have two that's eligible. But um, there's technicalities. You need a professional to walk through that. The special enrollment that I was referring to, it's for 49 employees and under. So uh, if you're really, really small, you can actually offer a benefit and actually have no minimum participation requirements. You technically can have 49 employees and have one person enroll in a plan and they cannot deny you because of participation. And then there's no employer contribution requirement. And so this is nice because some employers want to offer the benefit, but they cannot afford the premium to contribute to the employee's premium. So they figured out a workaround. They're willing to do a payroll de uh, tax deduction. There is an administrative fee for that for the employer, but if they get a pre-tax benefit, it, it creates another hook for the employee to stick around. But regardless of that, uh, if you're a startup company and you still have uh, an employee that they need to get access to health insurance, it is a way to do it. You don't have to put any money to it. You're just fronting the money, but you'll get reimbursed by the employee. So, Health insurance is just a math problem. So when we're analyzing these plans, it's just dollars in, dollars out. So when you try to figure out when you're going on your own, because your employer took care of this initially, is you got to figure out what your annual costs are, how much uh, healthcare is predictable with the numbers. Uh, it's not necessarily about quality of healthcare. It's about uh, how much things are going to cost at the end of the year. In some cases, it makes zero sense to pay a higher premium just so you can pay little out of pocket when the expenses don't add up. When the expenses add up, it may, may make more sense to do one way or the other, but you have to do the math. That's why a lot of people move to the uh, health savings account plans because they can control the, the cost a little bit more and they can see what's coming and going and be able to calculate that cost going forward. So it'll allow you to break free in 2020. There's a lot of opportunities ahead for both your business and um, your healthcare needs. So if you have any other questions, yeah, feel free to give me a call, 708-535-3006. Happy to walk you through anything I just talked through. Excellent way to try to provide a benefit to the employees as well as try to make that break from the current employment status you're in just so you can go out there and Live the, live the American dream or whatever project you're working on or opportunity that you believe that would be better suiting 